Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today I'll be joining by one of my co-hosts, Dalton Garrett, and we will be previewing the national championship game rematch between your number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide and your Georgia Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, G- DG, um, I see this right here, man, and and the first thing I want to – I want to ask you is, is I looked I looked at the line the other day and I see it it opened up at two and a half and then it went to three, and I talked a, a little bit about it on my show the other night is, you know, Alabama had to dominate and win in the SEC championship, and then they they both played their playoff games and Georgia looked really impressive and and they open up as a as a two and a half point. Now it's three. Now it's back to two and a half. Is is that is that disrespectful to Alabama? Is it the right line, or, or you know, what is your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I mean, if you're Alabama, they uh, they seem to thrive in that underdog mentality, and whatever Saban tells them when he talks them into believing they're underdogs, and people are disrespecting them. Uh, I think it's kind of a crazy line, especially after the fact that. They did beat them, what, 41 to 24. I mean, I think yeah, it wasn't really even a good game. Georgia jumped up 10 to nothing, and then Alabama went on a 41 to 14 run from there. So um, I think it's, I think it's a lot more than just a tad bit disrespectful. I think it's just straight up disrespectful that you're going to put the number one team in the country, the team who won the previous matchup, with the best quarterback in the country, the best coach in college football history, with more than a week to prepare and you're going to put them as underdog, I think it's the crazy, crazy way of doing things. Yeah, man, and, and I agree. And, I, and I, you know, I touched on it a little bit the other night, and I, I can just see Nick Saban just sitting there just just laughing, just laughing watching film and saying, man, they're really disrespecting us like this, you know, and, and he's preaching that to his team. But, you know, now – I'm looking at the matchups on the field, man, and, and you know, I, I, I just rewatched the game this morning. I, I rewatched the SEC championship game, and, and you know, with Georgia having Stetson Bennett at quarterback and and now them having Pickens back and, and their three-headed trio monster backfield that they have, what is what does Georgia got to do, man, to keep up with Alabama? Give me your thoughts on it. Uh, I think we need to see the same thing. I mean, for Georgia, I mean, obviously they went right down the field the first game and scored, but I think um, the way it's going to work this time, man, I think they're really going to have to kind of get Stetson established like they did against Michigan, quick, quick, uh, you know, bubble routes, mm-hmm. quick screens, quick slants, five-yard outs. I mean, something to get the ball out of his hand quick. Um, find the zones and the defenses, you know, eat them up. I think, I mean, if we've watched both, yeah, Pickens is back, whatever, but Pickens hasn't done much. I mean, he's been hurt, so it's like you can't really go into this game hoping he's going to produce a ton. I think if you're Georgia, you got to really put the ball in uh, James Cook and then obviously Brock Bowers' hands. I think those are your two guys that are going to – I think those are your best playmakers. I think Burton – I think Jermaine Burton's really good, but I think if you're Alabama – I mean, if you're Georgia – Brock Bowers is a mismatch. 
and then there's not and if you you line up James Cook in the backfield, you can line him up in the slot. Like you move him around a lot and it causes problems with the defense where they line up. And I think it gives you advantages of taking taking now you got a linebacker on a really good tight end. Now you got a linebacker or or a nickel corner on a really elite fast running back that can also catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean I think he had four catchers for like 150 yards against Michigan. So I think Georgia's going to really have to use both of those two guys and get Stetson, Stetson clicking and established quickly because I don't know if the um, up, and, up and down the field deep balls are going to work all game. It might work for a quarter. It might work for two drives. But Georgia is not going to want to get into a shootout like they did last time. Like Georgia can't keep yeah. up, I don't think, with Alabama in a shootout. I think – Alabama's too explosive when they need to be. But I also think with Georgia's front seven, they're going to be able to, you know, maintain Alabama's run game a lot more than Cincinnati did. So I don't see Alabama running for 300-plus yards. To, but, so Bryce Jones is going to have to win the game. But we've already seen him do that. So I don't know that – I don't know if, if looking at the quarterbacks, you know, saying Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett is really going to make any difference than last time after we've already seen Bryce Young – pick apart the supposed greatest defense in the last 15 years of college football. Yeah, man. And, and you know, I, I look at Stetson and, and you know, I saw Munkin say that, that they could win it all with Stetson and they're 60 minutes away. But I look on the other side of the ball and I see Bryce Young and I, and I, I, I watched, I watched it again this morning. The, the plays that he made in that SEC championship game, man, I, I just don't know if Georgia's offense can keep up. I don't know, man. I don't know if they if they can run the ball on Alabama consistently because Cook was their leading rusher in the SEC title game, and he had thirty eight yards on eleven carries. And I'm not sure if Stetson can make the throws through the air to to keep up with Alabama. And man, I. I, I saw it this morning again. I paid a lot closer attention to it. Man, he made about he made about four throws that should have been picked in that game, and and two of them were picked, and then two more should have been picked. And it's it's I just don't know if he can keep up. Bowers is definitely a mismatch. Um, you know, like like you said, I th- I think they got to get the ball get the ball out of his hands quick. I think Pickens is going to have to step up and make a play downfield, man. Uh, cause you got to hit Alabama with, with, with vertical shots, man. And if you don't, you're in trouble because you're, you're not going to run the ball consistently on them. And, you know, th- that brings me to my next point is, is looking on the defensive side of the ball for Georgia. Man, we watched it, and they didn't get hardly any pressure on Bryce Young. And when they did, he evaded, moved up in the pocket, took off, and they couldn't they couldn't get a hand on him. You know, I mean, what is what does George do on the defensive side of the ball to get pressure on Bryce? I don't know, man. That's um, it's a good question because I mean, if you watched the Cincinnati game, they run three three five, and it seemed like they were getting pressure on Bryce Young all afternoon. Mm. But George's front seven is, I mean, elite. I mean, you got probably four or five guys, maybe more, on that front seven that. If not this year, the next two or three years will be getting drafted probably first, second round of the draft. Like they they're the kind of they're the guys that I saw a thing, you know, earlier in the earlier in the year talking about, you know, when Georgia pulls up to an away game, what you do if you're Georgia is you give them you let that 
front, you know, starting lineup, your front seven and your backup front seven. They're the first guys off the bus every single time just because those are the kind of guys they look big, they're good, they're nasty, like they get after it. I mean, they got some really good guys. I mean, you got Kobe Dean, obviously. You got Jordan Davis. Um, you got the Tundal guy. You got uh, the Carter kid. They got they got guys all over that defensive front that are going to be elite players in the NFL, I think. And they weren't able to get pressure on I – mean, like, like you said, they weren't able to get pressure on Bryce Young. And when they did, he was escaping it. They did, it wasn't like they didn't have a, you know, a spy really on him or anything. But it was also the first game we had seen all year where Bryce Young ran the ball well. Like, he evaded tacklers. He got out of the pocket. He ran when he needed to. Like, early, you know, that was one complaint you heard from Alabama fans all season. Oh, well, Bryce Young, when, you know, he's supposed to be this dual-threat quarterback, but he doesn't run the ball enough. And it's like, okay, sure, he doesn't run the ball enough because you don't have a great backup. And why the hell would you run the ball when you got good running backs beside him? <laughs> but that game, he had to avoid the pressure. He had to step up in the pocket. He had to take off running when he could get the 15, 20-yard runs when he could. And his legs, I think, made the difference in that game because then Georgia had to start respecting the run, you know, him taking off in the pocket. And it, it kind of took their defense out of what maybe they would normally do where they're bringing more pressure with a linebacker. Instead, they had to leave leave, leave a linebacker in the middle of the field to make sure Bryce Young had to take off for 20, 30 yards on the scramble or whatever. So, um, I think – you know, it's a cliche thing to say the you know the offensive line or the you know the line of scrimmage is where the games will be won or lost. But if Alabama offensive line shows up, they showed up against Cincinnati. I think Georgia can get pressure, and I think Georgia can you know cause disruption. But if the offensive line from Alabama that showed up the first time they played Georgia shows up again, I just think it's going to be real tough. I mean, Bryce is the elite quarterback. If you give him enough time to get back there and sit around and pick pick you apart, Georgia's secondary is suspect. That's their weakest link no in their doubt. defense. So no I think. You know, if, if if he's able to sit back there and go through one or two reads at a time, he's going to pick them apart. So I think whichever offensive line for Alabama shows up is really going to be a key determining factor in the game. Yeah, man. And, you know, I watched the, the Georgia secondary, and, and I've heard a lot of other – past week and, and they're saying, oh, but without John Mexie, you know, where, where does Alabama, where does Alabama go? Who steps up? Because, you know, Georgia's going to, they're going to shade a little bit more toward, toward Jamo, toward Jamison Williams, and they're going to try to keep him from getting. And, you know, I look back at the game and I'm like, man, they points without John Mechie. They, uh, Jamison Williams, even though, even though, you know, there was no, he still burnt Georgia deep. He hit Georgia with, with a little stutter and blew right past the entire secondary, uh, the entire secondary. They had no answer for him. And and I just think Alabama on offense, I think they have way too many weapons. I think it's, it's you know, you got Billingsley, Lotu, uh, uh, Slade Bolden, Jamison Williams, and, and I'll tell you what, man, Jagori Brooks – He's not getting the love because that kid's special, and I think he's going to be the next great Alabama. And I just I, – I, I don't know where to go. With I don't think Georgia – I don't think Stetson Bennett can throw Georgia to a win. And I just – I don't see any way – you know, I see the talking heads say that it's going to be different and it's hard to beat a team twice, but – Hell, DJ, it's hard to beat a team once because George ain't been able to do it. You know, and and I don't know, man. I just 
I don't know. I, I'm 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 at a loss for words because Georgia, because I I I think it's going to be. I don't think Georgia's going to play as bad, and I don't think Alabama's going to play as good. And I want to take Georgia, but I can't. I can't because I can't because of Nick Saban. I can't because of Bryce Young, and I can't because of Will Anderson and Alabama's defensive line. And and the way Alabama, the way they played on the O line, the the first time they played, and all of Alabama's playmakers, I I just can't take them, man. And and I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm gonna take Alabama thirty four, Georgia twenty three, and 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 how do you feel about it, man? How do you feel about your score prediction and who? Yeah, man, I'm I'm kind of in that same boat, dude. Like I I think, like you said, it's tough to beat a team twice in one season, especially only a month apart. And I saw a stat this morning or a graphic this morning or maybe last night on Twitter where the there's only been like four or five times in history where two top five teams have played twice in the same season. Every single time, the team who lost the first game won the second game by double digits. Um, yeah. I don't think Georgia is good enough or that much better than Alabama to beat them by double digits. Um, I think Georgia can win the game. I think, I think these are definitely our best two teams in the country. I'm glad, you know, as much as I hate – you know, Alabama and Georgia being a Florida fan. I mean, I think this is this is the matchup you want to see if you're a college football fan to see, you know, the best two teams in the country from top start of the season to the end of the season. No they, doubt. They're getting to be the ones, you know, competing and playing for the national championship. Um, like you said, man, I really agree. I think I think Alabama's defense, I think with um Dallas Turner, who is going to be an absolute freak for the next two years after this year. I mean, he's only a true freshman dude's got like seven and a half, eight tacks, something like that. You got Will Anderson coming back. I saw a thing this morning. Will Anderson's trying to talk um, one of their big defensive tackles into coming back for one more season. Mm. Um, you know, considering, you know, how good Alabama's been in the past and how many national championships they won, it's like the new guys come in, these new young freshmen, sophomores, they come in, it's like they want to win. They want to be the the next next in line of the legacy. They don't want to be the team that ends ends the run. And lets that you know lets that dominance in. Um, I think Alabama. I think they maybe not on paper this year for the first time in a long time. On paper, I don't know that they're the better team. I think outside of maybe the quarterback position, I think Alabama is not on paper as good as Georgia. I think Georgia has more talent overall. If you I mean based off of you know recruiting rankings in the past and stars and all that good stuff, but I do like. I do like Georgia's defense, man. It's again, like we said, it's hard to beat a team twice, especially an elite defense like Georgia has. I think the SEC championship game, I, I almost want to take it with a grain of salt because it was kind of like you know Georgia was in that Georgia was in the playoffs whether they got beat sixty three to nothing or they won sixty three to nothing. Georgia was going to be in the playoffs. They had, they've been the most dominant team from week one to week thirteen all season. They weren't going to miss the playoffs no matter what happened that game. Alabama had to win that football game to make the playoffs. Alabama had to, you know, put on a good show and win that game. I think even if Alabama would have put on a good show and lost by maybe a field goal or, you know, lost 27-24, I think Alabama had a chance of still getting in. So Alabama had to 
put in, you know, everything they had into that game where it was like, you know, you hate to say it like this and you hate, you hate to say a team didn't, you know, go out there to try to win a game. But I think Georgia went out there with a mindset kind of like, okay, wait, we're in. If we win this game, great. If not, we'll see them again. Where Alabama went into the game saying, hey, if we don't win this game, we won't get to see them again. We don't get to continue our legacy. We don't get to keep building on this dynasty that, you know, that's been going on for the last 10, 15 years. Um, Very good point. So I think, man, like you said, dude, it's such a tough game. Alabama being an underdog, I don't know what in the world Vegas is looking at. Strictly, not even, you know, if, even if you're looking just on paper at the talent, okay, sure, maybe like I said, Georgia might be the more talented team. But this game, like every other game, big game in history, in my opinion, it comes down to the coaching. And there is no way in hell I'm taking Kirby Smart ever over over Nick Saban. The dude's won, what, six national championships, five national championships or whatever it is in the last ten years, and he's won back-to-backs once or twice, trying to go for his next, his next one. Um, I think, you know, like we said last time, I, I don't remember who I picked for the SEC championship game. I may have even picked Georgia. I don't remember. But um, as a college football fan, I want to see a close game. Uh, as a Florida fan, it's going to sound wild. I really hope Alabama beats the brakes off of Georgia because – I think, I think, I think Florida's building something special with Billy Napier, and I think if if recruits see, hey, Georgia's doing the same thing every year. They're going, they're you know, they're having a great regular season. They're getting to the end, and they can't get it done. No matter how much talent they got, they can't win it. I think Florida can start to turn that into a recruiting thing for them. Hey, look, Georgia can't get to the champ. They, they haven't won nothing. I mean, obviously, Florida ain't won nothing in a while either. But I think you can, you know, players are starting to see maybe a culture change, and I think. Obviously, this is me being a far biased guy. You know, if Georgia loses, I think it helps Florida recruiting. If Georgia wins the nice championship, they're already recruiting at an elite level. That bumps their recruiting even better. Now they have something to fall back. Hey, we can win national championship. We've won a national championship in the last 30 days, not no the doubt. last 40 years. They haven't won one since 1980. But, man, like you said, dude, it, this this is the conversation we're having, man. This is how what excites me about the game is like both of us are kind of at a loss of words and loss of. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I don't know if, I mean, what's what do you say the line was two and a half, three, something like that. Yeah, it keeps it keeps flopping back and forth, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of game it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be a three point, you know, three point game, touchdown game. If it ends up being more than that, it's more. It's going to be like a you know late last two or three minute field goal to kind of put it on ice. Um golly man, you picked Alabama. I I don't want to pick Georgia just because like I said, I don't want them to win. I don't necessarily think they're gonna win, but it's like mm-hmm. ah dude. Give me Alabama. Give me Alabama twenty seven twenty. I think Alabama wins twenty seven twenty. I I think Georgia I think Georgia comes out firing all cylinders. Not like last game. I mean, I think they come out, but I don't think they hop out 10 nothing and choke the lead away. I think they may come out, have good drives, and maybe not score. Maybe, you know, kick field goals or something. Mm-hmm. And we all know kicking field goals doesn't beat Alabama. You're going to have to score if you get in the red zone. You're going to okay. have to score when you have the ball. You're not going to be able to get into a track meet. I think if it turns into a track meet, that's playing right in Alabama's hands. I think Alabama's defense is opportunistic. I don't know that they're as good as the previous defense. Yes, they may have – superstar talent, but as a whole, I don't think they are a great defense, but I think they're good enough to keep them in the game, make big plays when big plays are needed, 
And I think I think it's just like I said, I don't care who the hell the quarterback is for Georgia. And it ain't got nothing to do with talent. I think you give Nick Saban ten days to draw up a game plan, tell his guys they're underdogs, tell his guys that nobody in the world believes in them. I think them dudes are gonna come out with their freaking heads on fire, ready to knock some people out, ready to ready to show the world, hey look, we're still Alabama. We ain't going nowhere. Even though y'all don't want us to be here anymore, we're still here. And uh, I think they get it done. I think they go for back-to-back. And I think I, – honestly, you're gonna, this might be a wild, bold take, but I think this might – if Georgia does not win this national championship, I think this sets Georgia back. I really do. I think recruits kind of start to see, hey, maybe this is just like it was when Mark Rick was there. I think, oh, hey, well, Kirby can recruit elite talent. Mark Rick recruited elite talent. Mark Rick had number one quarterbacks on his team. He had top-rated wide receivers, defensive players, running backs, and he couldn't do better than ten and two. Um, yep. I think people are going. I think you're going to start hearing a lot of Georgia people if they lose this national championship. By no means are they going to be saying fire Kirby, but I think Kirby's seat might be starting to get a little warm a little bit if he loses this game on Monday night. Man, you know I said that in the previous episode that that where does Georgia go if they lose this game because the SEC East is getting thick, DG. It, it is, man, and. And they're not gonna be they're not gonna be bottom dwellers for long. You know, you got Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. Man, they're all just just improving so fast. And I know we haven't seen the Florida thing yet, but you know it's coming. I mean, Billy Napier, what he's doing down there, you know it's coming. And they're an elite program. We all know they're gonna get back. And where does Georgia go if they lose? And I'm on the same page with you, with you right there, man. And and I agree 100. percent And you know, if Georgia don't get it done tomorrow night, man, it, it, I'm with you, man. I don't, I don't know where they go, and and I don't see them getting it done. I really don't. I, I like Alabama. You like Alabama. I think it's Crimson Crane. I like Jamison Williams. Just I like Alabama's receivers. Man, and I just think Nick Saban is is the the greatest to ever do it, and we're living in a special time in college football. And yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's wild, man. Because I think I think Georgia, I think Georgia's in a spot, man. Like you said, if they lose, it's like, okay, what do they do now? This was supposed to be their year. This was, you know, they've had two or three years in the past couple of years where this was their year. Well, this has been their year. This was probably the most down college football has been in a long time there. You know, Clemson's not in the playoffs for the first time in six years. Mm-hmm. The SEC was, for the most part, not very good. I mean, you had Alabama, Georgia, obviously the best two teams in the country. Ole Miss, sure, yeah, Matt Corral, I'm sure they're a top ten team. They weren't elite. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Texas A&M could beat you if they played their best game. They weren't elite. Auburn, Florida, teams that are typically your top teams in the SEC had bad years. So, if Georgia can't get it done in a year where they have a weak schedule, they don't put their their SEC East competition is very bad. Auburn, you know, they're cross they're cross uh, cross division rival Auburn, not great this year. No um, doubt. You know, sure they played an up and coming Arkansas team, but up, that was an up and coming Arkansas team that no one really knew much about. They played them in week four. I mean, at no in doubt. Athens, so it was like. Georgia, it, it seemed like Georgia didn't play. I mean, even Clemson, you know, you look back at that game, like that sure that game at the beginning of the season was all the hype in the world. But you look now and it's like, I mean, Clemson still ended up going 10-3. and three. Clemson still had a respectable season, but Clemson was nowhere near what people thought they were going to be. 
No. Uh, their defense was elite. We knew their defense would be elite, but they weren't nearly the offense we thought they were going to see. We And then Alabama proved it in December, December 4th in Atlanta. They showed that Georgia had not played an elite offense all season. They came out That's there, random boys ragged, because that was the best offense Georgia had seen all year. Georgia hadn't played a top 15 and 20 quarterback in the country, much less the best quarterback in the country. I mean, some of the players they were playing, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a Florida fan. We threw a true like, – like, yes, I think I think Anthony Richardson can be elite. I think Anthony Richardson can be mm-hmm. special if he stays healthy. But he, we threw him out his first career start against the greatest defense that we've seen in a long time up until that point. You can't expect – I don't care how elite of a quarterback you are. You don't – you're not going to make plays when that's your first career start. So, it's like, up until Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson may have been the best quarterback they played all season talent-wise. He just no – it was his first career start, so he didn't look great. I mean, they didn't play a lot of, you know, elite quarterbacks all season, which, again, this was a down year for the SEC as far as quarterback play, in my opinion. I mean, the bet, Bryce Young is by far the best, and then it was Matt Corral, and then it was a massive fall-off after that. No there doubt. was no – not like we've had in the past where, like, three or four teams have really good quarterbacks. So, Georgia didn't play anybody, man, like, in my, in my, in my opinion, that made them better. They weren't battle-tested. They weren't ready for – that Alabama team they saw. I think they're going to be ready this time. I just I just don't believe that Kirby Smart's going to outcoach Nick Saban, so that's why I'm rolling with Alabama. But to kind of go off this point, if Georgia wins this national championship, man, I do think this is the stepping stone they take. I think if Georgia wins this national championship, I hate to say it, but I think this propels Georgia maybe into that role that Clemson's in. I think I think they take that next step. Now they're, they can call themselves an elite program. They're recruiting at elite levels. Mm-hmm. But now you win a national championship and you take that next step. Hey, we can win now. We we can win now. Like that, all that 1980 bull crap that that can be flown out the window. We, you know, our last national championship is now 2021. So I think it's it's a it's a either Alabama or Georgia takes off to the moon, or they fall to the bottom. Because like you said, the SEC East is ramping up. I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky is maxed out. I don't know if Kentucky's ever going to go be a better nine and three team. I think. Oh yeah. I just don't know if they have the facilities. I do, on the other hand, think Tennessee, we know Tennessee has a facility. I think Josh Heupel is going to build a program there. He just has to find a quarterback. I think Hendon Hooker's good, but he's a, he's, a, he's got one more season. You're going to have to go get an elite high school player or an elite grad transfer or, you know, transfer portal guy for him to continue to build. By jo- I think Josh Heupel is going to build something, can build something. Special. I think he can get Tennessee back to where people expect Tennessee to be back in the old days. I think Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Granted, I don't think South Carolina can ever be an elite national championship winning SEC t- football team, but I think South Carolina can get to a consistent nine and three, a consistent mm-hmm. ten and two, a team that you're not going to want to play the week after you play Georgia or the week after you play LSU or the week after you play Tennessee. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that he ever wins a national championship in South Carolina, but I think he gets that get that start. I think South Carolina is going to soon be. That team they were when Spurrier was there, we're like, damn, we got South Carolina next week right after this tough game against Auburn. Like, and like you said, Georgia plays all of those teams on top of Auburn and on top of whoever they may draw from the West every year. So mm-hmm. if they don't win it this year, I think these other SEC East teams are going to start building programs, recruiting at elite levels to where – the talent gap is not going to be as large as it was this year. This year, man, Georgia's talent gap compared to everybody else in the SEC East was tremendous. I think 
Oh, I yeah. think I saw a stat. I think I saw a stat when they played Florida. I want to say they had like twenty nine five stars, and Florida only had like five or six on the whole state on the whole team. And three of Florida's five stars were transfers, like kids that came into the program, not people we recruited. That's going to change. Billy Napier. I mean, I know this is the Alabama Georgia preview. You talked about this last night. Florida playing basketball. Man, I didn't even pay because I don't think Florida's a good basketball team. Just because I've been on what Florida's doing recruiting, man. Florida got a weekend upcoming next week. We are hosting some elite. Harold Perkins, the number one linebacker, just committed to Texas A&M last week. Is visiting. You don't visit from a top player in the recruitment after they committed to a team a week later or a week. So I think there's a chance Florida can flip them. Then we get a kid from from Louisiana, Jacoby Matthews, number two, number one safety. Looking at, he's visiting. Friends with Carmar Wilson, who are who are already signed with Florida and is already on campus. They all have, they all have the because because went out and got elite recruits and hit. He went and got the best of the best at defensive backs with Corey. He's got guys built relationships with some of these kids already. And I think he I honestly mean it's, it's crazy Florida was ranked the sixty fourth recruiting class prior to signing day or early signing day. I think mm-hmm. they're saying there's a chance if we pull some of the guys he could end up getting this class in the top twenty. If he gets this class back in the top twenty with a month and a half of work and, and he pulls some of the kids he's talking about pulling because right now, Florida only has 11 kids committed or signed. But our average, their average rating for each player, I want to say, is a 91. Those are That's elite talent. No it doubt. might not be a lot of elite talent at once, but it's elite talent. And Georgia, Georgia's – we took two of Georgia guys. They wanted Kamari Wilson. They wanted Shamar James. Billy Napier came in in nine days and took them. Give no – you, you, you lose this game on Monday and you show these recruits, hey, I can recruit the hell out of you, but I can't win it when it matters. You're going to start losing even more of these elite recruits to the Floridas, to the Alabamas, to Clemson's, Ohio State's, Tennessee's, Auburn's. You're going to start losing all these guys who you were convincing to come play for you, and you're going to start losing those if you can't show that they can take that next step. So I think – I'm not going to say he's coaching for his job, but Kirby Smart's coaching for his future. I think if he loses this game and he doesn't – he doesn't get over that hump in the next year or two – Crazy as crazy as to say with the recruiting classes he's pulling in and going ten and two, eleven and two, twelve and one every season, his seat is going to be super hot in the next two or three years if he cannot get it done tomorrow. So again, I'm rolling with Alabama, man. I know you're rolling with Alabama, so I think um like we said, we both said we both agree on the same thing. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. Nick Saban's gonna get this thing done. He's gonna win his seventh, eighth national championship, whatever it is, and he's just gonna put himself even further ahead of every coach to ever coach college football. Man, I, I can agree with you. And, and I said the same thing the other night when I was on here, just on, by myself, cutting up. And and I really appreciate you coming on today and, and giving us that little that little uh, prediction and, and the, the digging in with the preview and, and even throwing us the Florida stuff, man, and the recruiting pitches. I love to hear, yeah, I love to hear about other teams. And I really appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely, B. You know, anytime, dude. Hey, man. Good talking to you, brother. Absolutely, bro. All right, man. Welcome back in, everybody. And that was my co-host, Dalton Garrett. And I like some of the some of the points that he made about about the upcoming game tomorrow night, and and you know him him 
talking about the Kirby and if they lose tomorrow night, where does it set Georgia back and and Kirby's future? And and you know, I agree with him uh, wholeheartedly, a hundred percent, man. If, if if Georgia loses, you know, what do you start telling recruits? You know, I, I'm right there with DG on that. What do you start telling them? Hey, I can get to the big one, but I can't win it. I can't win it. What's my legacy? Am I going to win one and beat Nick Saban? Or am I going to forever be known as the guy who couldn't beat Nick Saban and had to wait till he retired to actually win one? Right? You don't you don't go down as a goat without beating a goat. You, you gotta you gotta hey, look look at here, look at here. In my opinion, all right, Nick Saban started this thing up. Who was running the SEC at the time, Urban Meyer. All right, we we always said Urban was a, a top three coach in college football while while he was while he was at his reign and and he went to Ohio State and won there and you know he he was one of the greats. What Nick Saban do? Hey, I'm here. This is my conference now. I'm knocking the door down. You got me in 08. You got me in 08, but you ain't getting me in 09. All right, I knocked the door down. Well, Kirby, guess what? You got to knock the door down, big dog. Got to knock it down because I think if you don't, I'm with DG. It sets you back. Sets you back because all those other SEC East teams, it's getting tougher. It's getting tougher, and the recruiting side of it, and and Billy Napier bringing Florida back, Shane Beamer getting South Carolina, getting the excitement back in that program. And I know I keep harping on it, but Tennessee, man, Tennessee and Josh Heupel, they're coming. They are coming. And, you know, I like Alabama tomorrow night. I, I can't go against Saban. I might be wrong. Georgia might win. I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia won. I really wouldn't. But there ain't no way in hell I'm going against Nick Saban. No way, especially as an underdog. You slap him in the face as a two-and-a-half, three-point dog, and, and you want me to pick against Nick Saban? Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm Crimson Crane in tomorrow night. Alabama, 1980, live on forever, forever and ever. If Alabama wins, it's just another Tuesday for me. When I go into work, hey, what up? Bama national champs. If Georgia wins, I go on with my head, my head down. And I and I got to listen to to Georgia fans. I got to get on social media and listen to no more 1980 in you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm rolling with Saban. Can't go against him. Can't go against Bryce Young. You know, Stetson Bennett, the great story. Proud of him. Walk on, Juco, come back to Georgia. Great story. But, man, I'm not picking I'm not picking Stetson over Bryce. Ain't no way. Not picking Kirby over Nick. Ain't no way. Nah. I like Alabama. 34-23. And that's a wrap. From the Uptempo Podcast, hope you guys enjoyed it. I expect y'all to to come back when we give the recap in a couple days, and uh, I'm gonna try to bring an Alabama guy on here and, and get his recap of it. Um, hopefully, I, I might if Georgia wins, I might try to get a Georgia guy on here, or I might try to get them both. No matter how it goes, so you know, I thank y'all for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>